the committee room. Okay, members, so we now have a quorum and I'm calling the meeting to order. And as with all meetings, this is a hybrid meeting and is being recorded and broadcast throughout Parliament buildings and online. So we have the following members attending via video conferencing today. We have Paula Bradshaw, the Vice Chair. We have Mark Durkin and Carol Nicole. And in the room we have myself, Emma Sheeran, the Chair, and we have... Stephen Dunn, who I want to welcome to the committee, who is uh, replacing his late father, Gordon, as an MLA, and just want to welcome Stephen and send him our condolences um, on the death of his father. So we can move into through our, our business. Item number one is apologies, and we haven't received any formal apologies today, but we don't have Alan Chambers or Christopher Stalford on the call, so they, they might well join us later on in the meeting. And then we've got Chair's Business, which we have quite a bit of this week. So obviously, as I've already alluded to, we've ha had the change to our committee membership. And at this point, I want to thank uh, both Michelle McElveen, who is a congratulator on her new role as the Education Minister, and thank her for her work on the committee, and Doug Beatty as well, who was with us for a short time, and um, has now left, and Alan obviously has replaced himself. So this would be a time to remind members of uh, the requirement to declare all relevant interests at their first meeting. Standing Order 69.5 states that a member who has a, a financial interest in any matter, or B, a relevant interest in any matter, must declare that interest before taking part in any proceedings of the Assembly relating to that matter. Members should note that proceedings of the Assembly include meetings of this committee, so members should declare any interest held by them which are relevant to the work of the committee. And it should be noted that failure to register and or declare an interest may be an offence under Section 43 of the Act 1998. Does any member have any interest to declare? No news is good news. So we can then go on um, to the event that was held at the Human Rights Consortium a number of weeks ago. Human Rights Consortium launched a, a poll that they had been carrying out along with uh, the Ulster University and Queen's University. And just to did you all that myself and the Deputy Chair Paula attended their event on Wednesday the 23rd of June and that was the announcement of the results of the public poll that they had commissioned in collaboration with the two universities. It was well attended from a number of sectors within civic society and the results of their survey very much uh, aligned with the results of our own survey earlier on this year and showed uh, a massive support for a Bill of Rights for the North and for the inclusion of socio-economic rights and equality as priorities. At this point, I'll welcome Alan Chambers, who's just joined us via video conference. Um, and then... Um, yeah. Alan. Um, we had just ran through the, the need to declare any interests that are relevant to Assembly proceedings, so if you have you've any interests that you want to declare, you can do so now. I take that as a no. Good man. Um, and so then, members, just to, to go through some of the informal committee sessions, so on the 17th of June, you'll have uh, a note of the informal session that we had uh, at page five of your meeting papers. Are members content with the note as drafted? Yeah. Um, we also had an informal committee session on the 24th of June, and again, you'll find a note of that informal session on page seven of your meeting papers, if members are content to note. And then the last thing is the 
FOI matters during summer recess. So we just have some housekeeping to run through in relation to freedom of information request matters. Um, it's normal practice for committees to delegate authority to the chair and deputy chair during persons of recess to submit views on the releasing or withholding of information in any non-routine contentious FOI requests received. In previous mandates, at the final meeting of each session, the committee agreed to this delegation of authority and the committee would be advised of any such requests. The views expressed by the chair and or deputy chair and the response issued by the FOI unit at the first available meeting following the recess period. Are members content that we continue with this practice? Yeah. I was just about to say I'm getting a bit of feedback if all members are on mute. Is that any better now, Paula? Seems to be, thank you. No bother. So then, members, we can go to agenda item number three, which are the draft meetings and you'll, the draft minutes. And you'll find the draft minutes for a meeting on the 17th of June at page 11 of your pack. Are members content to note? Yeah. Okay, so... Um, in terms of matters arising, I just have one issue that I would like to raise. At last week's meeting, uh, we raised the possibility of moving our committee meeting from a Thursday afternoon, as it currently is, to a Wednesday morning. And obviously, the committee timetable every week is busy, but we agreed to scope out the potential of this move. So the committee staff have raised the issue with the clerking and member support office and following is an overview of the discussions. Three committees currently meet on a Wednesday morning, economy, education and infrastructure. This means that the three committee rooms are being utilised and just as I'm saying this I'm realising that Stephen sits on economy. So yeah, that, that would mean a clash. So that's not going to work. It was just a suggestion, Chair. Yeah. Um, at least it's been scoped out, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and Chair, the other thing is both myself, Paul and Alan are on the health committee, so even if you moved it to half two rather than two o'clock, it may be helpful for us. Yeah, well, we could do that. Yeah. yeah, what do you think? I'm content with that, give you a chance to get a cup of tea. Aye, so Claire, can we can we look into that? Right, so we, we can we can note that with the potential to, to begin at half two following on from September. On Thursdays. On Thursdays. Okay, so item number five then is correspondence and you'll find the correspondence memo at page 17 of your pack. So we have correspondence from the University of Texas in relation to the Comparative Constitutions Project, which we had um, engaged with the, them on and they're, they're, that work I think will be ongoing now. The Ulster Unionist Party in relation to the membership change, which we have already dealt with. We have an invite from the Women's Policy Group uh, to their Feminist Recovery Plan relaunch one year on, on the 28th of July, and members might have received that from other APGs or committees that they sit on, and I know I'll be attending that, but you can find that at page 22. Um, an Ulster University invite to a webinar on the 2nd of July, which you'll find on page 25. Uh, the Human Rights Consortium, in relation to the results of their poll, you'll find that at page 27, and I would urge members to look at that, it's really interesting. And we have a letter from Colin Harvey requesting information on expert witnesses and the committee's liaison with the Executive Office, which you'll find in table papers, and the Democratic Unionist Party in relation to membership change, which again we have already dealt with. Are members content to note the correspondence? And members are content to share the data. I think we'd already agreed that, or we'd discussed it informally anyway, to share the data from our consultation with the University of Texas, as previously mentioned. 
Yeah, and everyone happy enough. And are members content that I respond to Colin Harvey's queries on behalf of the committee? Yeah, so Colin has written to TEO as well, which is obviously where the, the decision about the expert panel sits. So then members um, or forward work programme, you'll find that at agenda item six at page 98 of the meeting pack. Are members content to agree the forward work programme? And number seven, does anyone have any other business that they would like to raise? No? Chair, I have, I have one, but um, I'll, I'll maybe raise it at the next meeting. It was really about um, the facilitation of our deliberations. I'm just conscious that it's very difficult in the hybrid setting and also the, the format that we're taking it forward. And I just think that if we're going to ramp things up in terms of getting um, aspects across the line, agreement on things, that it might be useful to maybe look at maybe having like a morning session or an all-day session where we just hammer out all the details as opposed to these sort of short windows of meetings. But um, I'll come back to you if, if, uh, depending how we get on today. No problem, Paula. I actually, I know that you discussed this um, with the clerk as the, as the vice chair of the committee and to be honest with you I would probably be in agreement that that's a good idea and I know obviously the COVID situation has sort of dictated how our meetings have went in terms of the, the need for hybrid meetings and that some people will be dialing in remotely but obviously it's much easier to have these sorts of conversations especially when, especially when we're getting to the nitty gritty of it in person and when you can look a person square in the eye and get a feel for what it is that they're saying to you so um, I think it, it would be a good suggestion that we re-look at that um, prior to September um, with the potential of like an away day or something Yes, sorry, just come back then, Chair. Well, I think that it would be useful even from your own point of view because you're trying to chair the meeting and facilitate the discussion. I just think you're there to represent your party, as I am with mine, and I just think that it might be useful if, if an independent facilitator took forward some of the more substantive deliberations that we're having weeks ahead. And as you said, it might be towards the end of the summer. Thank you. Um, Chair, I have a, a problem with that, to be honest. I mean... The Builder Rights Committee is made up of the parties represented. Um, so um, I, I know, Paula, you're there, there on your own representing your lands, but I think I think it sends our own message out if we, on a Bill of Rights Committee, ask for an independent to come and facilitate. I just think it looks wrong, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I suppose as well, we've still got the panel of experts to hear from. But I think it would be, it's a good idea to have us all in the one room and chatting. Um, the, the facilitator, the clerk, could advise that there could be problems with getting an independent facilitator, especially this length into the process, and that it might um, cause a delay as well, apart from maybe the message that it sends out or anything else, that it, the logistics of it might be difficult. Um, but I think if we, if we have a, a, a group session at the beginning of the next term, we may be able to hammer that out. Uh, Chair, if I could come in, um, a further option would be, instead of having a sort of specialist advisor facilitator, could avail of an expert witness to come in and just provide a bit of support um, to, if members wish to, to, to run ideas off and so on some of his expertise in these areas. Yeah. Okay, so we can look at that again um, at the beginning of, of the next term after recess. So then that leaves me with date, time and place. Um, for next meeting. Our next meeting will be following summer recess and is scheduled for Thursday the 9th of September at 
to potentially 2.30 p.m. when the committee will continue its deliberations in the reporting phase. And so we're now going to move into informal session to continue our deliberations. And could members remain on the call and then Gavin can add you to the spotlight. Thank you very much. This is the Northern Ireland Assembly Committee Room 29. This is the Northern Ireland Assembly Committee Room 29.